Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Parkour Ed, the English language podcast from the International French School Singapore, where I, Colin Daly, sit down and talk with people here in the IFS community to find out what led them to the IFS. How did they get here? What is their past parkour? So as always, I'm going to let my guest introduce himself and tell us how he pronounces his name and how we should pronounce it as well. Go ahead. Hi, thank you for having me today. So my name is Benjamin. We pronounce it Benjamin. All right. In French. Benjamin. Benjamin. And so I'll call you yeah. Benjamin. Benjamin is fine. People yeah. call you Ben too? Yeah, you call me Ben. Just call, call you me Ben. ben yeah. And your last name is Raf... Raf Rafi. So Raf Rafi. Yeah, you don't have to say this one. Raf Rafi. Yeah. That's an interesting name. I don't think I've ever heard that before. It's, uh, it's a Tunisian name. A Tunisian name. Yeah. Raf Rafi. Yeah, my dad is from Tunisia and my mother is French. So Amazing. That's great. I did not know that. And I've known you for a while, Benjamin. Yeah, and now you know that my name also, I'm going to tell you, my name comes from a small village named Raf Raf in Tunisia. Oh, really? Which is just near where my dad was born. So your namesake is from the village. Yes. So his ancestors must go way back in that village. Yes. Have you been to that uh, Yes, village? I've been there. It's a very nice place, Non, kind of untouched place. There's not uh, as much tourists as you can find in Hammamet or those other places in Tunisia. So it's quite, quite nice. Oh, I'd love uh, to visit. I've never been to Tunisia. It's it's a very nice place. Yeah, um, that's what I've heard. I've heard lovely songs about it, too, <laughs> a night in Tunisia. Oh, wow. So when did your father move to, I'm assuming, to France, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, he moved to France when he was around 19, oh, something okay. like this. 19. And you yes. met your mom, oh, who was yeah. born in France. Yes. So then... That's what we're here to talk about today. We're ta here to talk about you. And, of course, your path depends a lot on your parents' path before yeah. you're born, of course. But once you came along, wh when was that, by the way? When did you show up on the scene? <laughs> I, I was born in 1983. 1983? Yeah. All right. Yeah. And in France? In France. And where were you born in France? I was born in uh, Saint-Maurice, which is uh, some town in the 94 department, which is very, very near to Paris. Is that where you grew up? Did you grow up in the mm, same neighborhood? Not really, you know. I, I was there until I was three, uh, three years old, and then we moved to another town in the uh, Seine-et-Marne, so it's like 77 department. Now, did you have a lot of brothers and sisters? Just one uh, little brother and one uh, big sister. One little, so you're in the middle. Yeah, I'm in the middle. You're the, the man the, in the, the middle. The wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always the easy position. No, it's not. No. Now, does your family still live in Paris? Yeah, uh, in the same town where I grew up. So what, not too far from Paris, but still around like 60 kilometers away. Okay. So uh, in Singapore, it seems like a lot because right. you're already in Malaysia if you do 60 kilometers. But right, uh, right. near Paris, it's, it's nothing. So your brother and your sister are living near your parents? Uh, not so close. My sister is a bit uh, away. Uh, she lives in another department and my brother as well. Oh, so, okay. All right. But they're... Closer. Yeah, they're closer. So yeah, they, during COVID and all these long yes. stretches when we couldn't make it home, it was probably hard. Yeah, for me, so they haven't far. seen me in, in four, four years, five years almost. Oh, so. yeah, that's hard. Hopefully you'll get a chance to get home and see them. I hope. We've known each other for a while, but I can't remember since mm. when. It seems like you've been around forever. Why don't you tell us when you arrived at the French school and what you do here? It's been close to 10 years now that wow. we've known each other. I, I arrived here in 2000. 13, 14, something like this. Okay. Uh, for okay. 
yeah, 13, 2013. I think April, I was a you know, April Fool. Uh, You're an April Fool. Higher. <laughs> For the listeners, uh, you are one of the first guests we've had on the show who hasn't been either an administrator or a teacher. And yeah. I'm glad about that. Because my whole goal is to talk to members of the IFS community. Mm. It's an important community because everybody in this school is contributing to the progress of our students. And it doesn't matter if you're a teacher, administrator, or a bus driver, or a security guard, or what is it that you do? I'm an IT engineer, so I work in the IT department in the French school. So I take care of uh, your computers. And the network and the Wi-Fi, so everything you complain about, you <laughs> complain to me. <laughs> well, I have to say that I've been very pleased with the progress that I've seen in the years mm. that I've been here. This is my 15th year, and yeah. the yeah, progress yeah. has been astounding. We went from having yeah. nearly nothing to having mm, everything. It's uh, true, it's true. In the past 10 years... Uh, I was there, so I, I saw also the, the, the improvement, and we opened the new blocks on 2,900. Right. And so, uh, I mean, it's been a, a long journey, but uh, we went from, like you said, we had barely had anything, to now have, what, 2,000-plus devices, including uh-huh. the Chromebooks, the iPads, the laptops, cart, and everything we have now are related to technology, actually, in the school for the kids. Yes, including uh, this web radio lab that we're sitting in right exactly. now. I know this isn't exactly uh, 100% digital. There's a lot of mechanical yeah. and uh, analog things here, but still, it's astounding the progress that's been made here. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Before yeah. we get there, I want to know, um, how did you end up in Singapore? And I'm, I'm guessing that there were a few steps in between. How do you become an IT engineer? In France. In France. Before becoming an engineer, I was an IT support in France. And then I moved to Singapore because of my Uh ex-wife, which I followed because she's from Philippines. But she was working and she's still working here in Singapore. So I moved to Singapore. I started also as an IT support. I worked for INSEAD Business School, you might know. Oh, yes. For close to a year. Uh, close to a year. It was Anyway, it was under contract. Then I got very lucky because one of the guys who were, after the end of this contract, was looking for a job at an interview here. He chose to go to Malaysia for a different job. So when he did this, he gave my resume instead. And here I am in the French school. Oh, wonderful. Doing uh, IT support again well, for, uh, yeah, less than a year. And then I changed to be an engineer and... You met your ex-wife in France? In France. And how did you meet her? Were you at school together was, or were you working in the same no. company? I was working in the same company. I was also working in INSEAD Business School at the time in France, also oh. as a contractor because okay. they have a campus uh, in Fontainebleau, France, nearby where I was living, so it was uh, kind of practical. And we met there, and at some point I just decided to move out. Anyway, I, maybe it's because of my father, like I said, who moved to Tunisia from France. I just repeat the story. The same thing. I move from France. I go somewhere else. The idea of traveling wasn't scary for you? No, never. I, I started traveling when I was very young. Then traveling on my own because I was sent off by my parents. My dad was working in the French airport. So he had access to a comité d'entreprise. So oh, okay. He can send me for kind of cheap. 
oh, to good. any uh, foreign country. I do uh, English classes. That's why for a French guy, my English is not so bad. Yeah, it's but, good. Uh, so your father, did he work at uh, Charles de Gaulle, CDG? He worked in CDG, CDG? and Orly. He did both. Oh, he did both. For okay. a long time. So CDG was actually quite far oh. from our place, but he did it for 11 years, I think. Wow. Then he went back to Orly. This gave me access to English intensive lessons oh, in England. That's wonderful. In England? At, yeah, in England. Okay, well, we got to hear about this. Where did you go in England? You used to go to a, a, a small town called Farnborough, something like this, and Fleet. Fleet and Farnborough. I remember those two uh, cities that were just next to each other. Very and, small places. And how did you get there when you went? Did you take the ferry or did so, you fly? Yeah, so this first, was before the tunnel, yeah, I take it. Yeah, I started before the tunnel. Thanks for reminding me how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when they digged it. <laughs> so I was there when they opened it. I was maybe 10 yeah, 10-ish. But yeah, I started by flying there, and then we took the train going back to those town, and then those families that mm-hmm. we were placed in for two weeks, they just come pick us up, and they, they were supposed to speak to in, in English only, but most of them didn't speak French anyway, so we had no choice but to practice so you and would, speak. Yeah. And I started this when I was eight, which removed the usual, you know, the blockage you can have to actually express yourself in a different language, because... What a great opportunity. It must have been culturally a bit shocking for an eight-year-old to show up in an English family at dinner time. It must have been a bit different. Do you have any memories of that? I I do. I remember the first thing I was shocked about is the the way the the plate is presented, you know, with the the veggie on one side, the meat there. And and also the cuisine is different in in England. So obviously I'm used to uh, the French cuisine. So I went to England at first. I didn't really like it so much. But it depends also on which family you are, which family you are. Some of them, they just give you uh, their usual food, which is not really as good as what you would expect. But some families are very good and... The only thing I, I remember really marked me is the jelly. Uh, I've never been a fan of this. <laughs> I tried so many times from eight years old to 18, which is the last time I, I could go because after I could not go to those trips anymore. Well, what a great opportunity. So how, that mm. must have given you uh, an advantage when you were at school. What was your English class like when you were uh, in school? In France, we were studying only in sixième, so uh, only when you reach college. Before that, in CM2, you had few classes, but it was nothing at all. So the, the, the big advantage I had is when I was eight, my level of English was already the level of most people at the end of college, or maybe in lycée sometimes. Right. So I went through all my scholarship, not having to do anything in English because I knew already. <laughs> well, good for you. So it was very easy. The program was not as hard. As it is today, I, I guess, because the English level was very low at the time. Most of the time, we were in just one classroom, but the teacher was speaking only in English. And most people at this age, at the time, didn't travel so much. I was one of the rare kids who actually used the plane before to leave the country. Most people just travel by car or train. It was not as common as it is today. So again, I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. That's a wonderful opportunity. I was lucky enough to have a chance to speak with uh, Tanteli Raubisoa, who also speaks English very well. And he talked about the necessity or the usefulness of English when working in IT in programming and and IT engineering. Mm. The fact that you probably didn't have to spend as much time studying in English made it easier for you to spend more time studying in other areas so what drew you to uh, IT? It's very simple I started when I was 11 dismantling a VHS 
for those who still know what it means. Oh, a VCR, <laughs> like a, t a yeah, tape, a videotape machine. VHS reader. Oh, like, man. Like you, a VCR. The VHS is the one you put in. You just uh, took it apart. I just took it apart because something was wrong with it. And uh -huh. uh, my dad saw that I was liking it. So sometimes he was, he was working in IT in the French airport. Okay. So he was bringing parts of old computers and stuff. And I started playing with those things and just like making it work. With one or two that doesn't work, I make one that works and so on. I was lucky. I realized very early what I wanted to do. I was wow. always uh, passionate by this, or the technology aspect and also the, the building something. So it was not even a choice. It was just like... How about the connectivity? You, you say you're old, but you're younger <laughs> than I am. So I'm yeah. sure the, the ability to connect via the Internet came pretty soon after you started working with computers. Actually, the first time I had Internet at home, I was... Maybe around 10 or something like that, 10, 11. That's surprising. Yeah, and we bought a, a computer, and that was the second computer in the house. The first one didn't have any uh, connectivity. We didn't have internet yet. Uh, the first one was a Thompson old computer with those uh, no, cartridge and all. So uh, this one nobody remembers what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I, we got this when I was like six or seven. I still remember it because yeah. I was playing with it. That's how I started. Also. Right, right. I remember the old but, tandies yeah, with the yeah. with the cassette tapes. Exactly. And, yeah. that, that was even before this. Uh, right. I remember the model. It was like a T08 or something <laughs> yeah, like this. Exactly. The thumb for Thompson T08. Kids who are listening at home, yeah. we're, this this is old man talk, yeah, computer yeah. talk. Uh, please go Google it. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we got something that will speak to you more. I got a Pentium computer, so it was the first one I got with Windows. Uh, right. At the time, I already passed the detail on Windows 3.1 for even older people. So uh, I started with 95, Windows 95. Yes, my first computer had yeah. Windows 95, but I was already in my mid-20s. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was half of that when I got my first computer, so it was kind of a revolution. We had an internet line at the time, it was a phone line, no fiber or anything like this. I can yet. still hear that connection uh, sound. The, yeah, it's like you're making a call, yep. but nobody picks up. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, it doesn't work, and you have to do it again. So we were way more passionate than you are uh, today. <laughs> we did have to put up with a lot more frustration. Exactly. That's true that the frustration level, I mean, the threshold of, exactly. of yeah. standing the frustration has gone way it down. Is. We used to sit for... Hours yeah, trying I mean, to get something to work. Yeah, you know? waiting for a download yeah. or things like this. So now you click and you download in a few seconds or you even have like very fast streaming services. Yeah. So, I uh, think we sound like the old guys talking about walking to school in the wintertime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. It's true. You started from a young age, but you, you needed to get formal training, right? Yeah. So where did you go after high school? Did you have this kind of training in high so, school? Uh, Were you lucky enough to have a technical no, side? So, or? Uh, in, in college, you don't have anything uh, technical like this, mm -hmm. so apart from technology. Right, so right. that was also the first uh, steps for me in the training side. Then I, when I went to a lycée, I chose to do a baccalaureate, but the professional version of it that we have in France. It's yeah. not available in IFS, but you can find it in France, yeah. which at the time was called differently. Nowadays, it's the IT and network uh, I've heard of management. That. So I uh, used to, call M, to be called MRIM, something like this. Mm -hmm. I think now it's Bac Pro Sen. Okay. S-E-N. S-E-N, okay. Yeah. 
So something like this. So because my brother did it a few years later and he, the name changed. Before me, it was a different name also. The name changed a lot. Did that start in second? Uh, it started after troisième. Now it does. You have three years of back row. Of right. They do. You start after troisième and then you do your three years. At the time I did it, it was mandatory to do uh, BEP first. Okay. Yeah. So I, I had to do this. It's a two-year uh, diploma, which I did in one, actually, on oh. electronics. Then you move on to the back pro. But they, they removed this. They added the option to do it uh, right away after troisième, years after I, I was done. But it's still good because I had to study a bit of electronics. Right. So it's nice and it's helpful in IT also. So that would have been the equivalent of, say, 10th grade in the United States. You already started to focus your, your mm. professional yeah, something like uh, this, yeah. objectives. That's yeah. early. You were lucky to know what you wanted to do. Yeah. And that you seem to be properly oriented. I mean, a lot of times people make decisions without actually yeah. buying into it, but you seem to have made the right choice. I yeah. think I did. And after the, the baccalaureate, I just went to do what we call a BTS in France. Right. It was also a technical one. It was uh, what they call a computer science and gestion, so like a management. I did this for two years, and then I just started working in IT. And how was the climate in France? Did you like working in France? Yeah, I actually enjoy working in France when I was there because I'm quite social. So when I started off doing IT support, it was kind of easy for me. Uh, that's the moment where I realized that being the smartest one or the most skilled in IT in the room was not always the best. Oh, because you were <laughs> because, putting yeah. out all the fires, right? Yes, because then in the end, a lot of those fires are mostly social issues or uh, uh, political issues or yeah, like uh, you just need to talk it off more than to solve an actual technical problem. So it helps a lot. We always say in IT that we do 80% social, 20% technical. I see, I see. <laughs> I, I remember hearing uh, that end user issue is oftentimes yeah. the problem in IT, right? Exactly. <laughs> We, we call it a chair keyboard interface problem. <laughs> chair keyboard interface problem. I see, I see, yes. Yes, have you plugged it in? Have you yeah. restarted it? Then when you made the decision, it must have been a big decision to, to move to Singapore. Singapore. Now, did, with your ex-wife, did you get married before you left or did you get married here? I got married here, but married uh, here. The, the decision didn't seem uh, that big because at the time I was not married. I didn't have a child yet. And I always wanted to move somewhere else or maybe change once in a while and just travel because I was raised yeah. like this and I grew up in a family where every year I, I've been taking the plane to go to a different country almost three, four times. So because I got lucky and my father was working in the airport, right. it was not as cheap as it is today at the time. So not everybody was doing this. So I got access to this very young. So I got the envy very young to you know, move away, go somewhere and Try something new somewhere I don't know. When you got here, you went right to, did you say, INSEAD? INSEAD Business School. school. Because I was working there in France, so I just moved there. And then they were looking for somebody who speaks French and could do support to answer the phone from France. Because from the French site, they used to call in Asia. They still do, but now it's in Malaysia. But they were calling in Singapore, in INSEAD Singapore directly. There were some technicians there to pick up the phone. But a lot of people in France, especially in the administration in INSEAD, are not foreigners. They're all from France. The level of English is not always that good. I see. Which means that they needed someone who speaks French to support them because it's already difficult for them to explain their issues in French. It's a technical issue and they already don't really know. So if they have to add on top of this uh, foreign language that they don't really master, 
it's very difficult. So they chose to get few technicians who actually speak French. So I got my first job like this. I was lucky. I arrived at the right time when they needed this, and they were happy to have a French game because I could translate all the communications to the users. That makes perfect sense. And you switched over to LFS at the time, which has yes. now become IFS. IFS. I'm very aware of the work that you've done over the years here. For a long time, whenever I needed anything a bit different installed yeah. on my computer. Or which like the Simon support. The Simon, Simon yeah, <laughs> the, the, all, all types of support. Yeah. Well, there have been a, a lot of evolution at this school, mm. a lot of change and growth. If you could say anything to my colleagues, your colleagues, the people here that ask you for help, what, what's something that you need everybody to know? Something I need everybody to know. It's mostly <laughs> something I need everybody to do. <laughs> Read your emails <laughs> and reply. <laughs> now, specifically yeah. from IT? Yes. Uh, we send a lot of it, so I guess people get well, I uh, haven't, overwhelmed. Uh, uh, well, I, I think email is one of those things that has evolved over the years, too. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, email was everything. There was no social media. Yeah, email no, was yeah. social media. There were mm. chat rooms, but those were higher-end users. Right, Everyday users weren't in chat rooms. To use the IRC, for example, you needed to have a minimum of IT knowledge to install the thing and then get chat rooms. Then it became easier and there were other blogs and chat rooms, but at the very beginning, yeah, not everybody had access to this. So the email was, like you said, the first uh, exchange social network around the right. world. Now, I'm old enough to remember when we had a server system here and people's email boxes would be full. So... <laughs> they couldn't receive any more emails. I think we switched to Gmail yeah. probably in... Just before I arrived. Just uh, before, yeah. yeah. But before that, we had our own server here at school, mm. and it all fit in one room that I think now is a closet. Uh, <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually a closet now. <laughs> but the new one became a server room more than 10 years ago now. This one haven't changed. It's still the same. I just saw it today again. Uh, you have a child. You have one child? Only one, yeah. One child. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that your child is a, a He's student. He's an IFS, yeah. He's an IFS. I think that's great. I think it's a wonderful okay, school yeah. for a kid to go to. He's very happy to be here. Now, apart from your professional duties, which are very important and numerous, and we appreciate them, what are some of your other functions around the school. I know that you're involved in after-school stuff. Yes. So uh, after a few years working here and uh, seeing what's happening in the school, I always regretted the first few years that as admin staff, we were not really involved in anything concerning the kids or any activities. So I started to uh, apply with the ECA department whether I could do uh, some activities with my colleague Laurent that you knew. And we started off with the ECA that no one wants to do, the kindergarten. He <laughs> <laughs> told us, oh yeah, you want to do it. There is, a, there is, you can do the... So we started doing the soccer because we play soccer with, right. with the kindergarten, which is not easy when you're not used to take care of kids. I did this. It's, it's harder than it looks, isn't it's it? It's way harder than it looks. To the teachers who are listening, I have so much more respect for all of you since I started doing this, <laughs> especially the kindergarten teacher. They yes. are not doing an easy job. So some of us sometimes see them leaving at 3 p.m. and we're like, wow, they're so lucky. But yeah, you don't go through what they go through the whole day. So yeah. for us, we're free. We sit at our desk. We can step out and go uh, do something else, take a small break. They don't because they're in front of the kids and it's, it's a different way of working. So, yeah, I, I really liked it and I started to do different levels in soccer still. 
And I started to do badminton also, which I still do. So now every uh, Tuesday, so today actually, I will be on the pitch on 3000 with another coach, uh, coaching the 6e and 5e, as I do since now seven years, I think, about seven years. That's, that's why I love working in, uh, in a school. Yeah, it's great. Everybody who works on this campus is contributing to the learning of the kids, but it's nice to have the contact with the kids. It is. How about now that we have devices in the hands of 5e and 5e students, mm. are they coming down? Down for technical help. Yeah. Under, I, I assume yeah. their devices, so, just like everybody's, break down yeah, every so, now and then. Exactly. So, so no. how does that interaction go? Do they just drop in? Yeah, they just drop in, or some of them can send emails also. They have the same channels that you guys yeah, have yeah. to contact us. It's available for everybody, but most of them, they will come when they have time during the day, when they're in school, and just bring the device. If it's an hardware issue, they have to anyway. But if they have any other question, they can also sometimes send an email. And this interaction is actually going very well. For me, it's easy because I know a lot of them, because I train a lot of them in different levels, or I knew their brothers, sisters, or I can recognize the name a bit like a teacher before. Right, once you've <laughs> so been here for I, a while, I, yeah, so I, you uh, get to know the community, and, it's uh, great. Some of them I saw... Uh, from little to taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not that small. It's actually quite good. And they're happy when they see me there because they know, they say, oh, that's my coach. And they talk to their friends. It's always like this. I'm quite known in this part of the campus. How do you compare the interaction with the kids compared to with the the adults. It depends on, on the person, of course, but uh, some kids are easy to deal with because they really know uh, their devices and they know about IT. But even they're young, some of them also have... Uh, hard time using that device they don't know they might know how to use instagram but they don't always know how to use everything else right but it's the same with adults actually on this level i would say there's not much differences apart from the the fact that the kids are more shy than adults <laughs> right right sometimes don't want to get in and they're the only one who knock at the door before they enter the it office which they don't actually need to but <laughs> <laughs> we we teachers we just barge but in good. we just bust yeah, exactly, in and yeah, say hey i need you now i need you yeah. <laughs> oh great how are they at answering their emails <laughs> yeah <laughs> they don't answer their they don't answer their emails <laughs> Great. Well, how about outside of school? What other things do you like to do? I know you're athletic. I know you like to do sports. How about other passions? Music, art, uh, it's mostly, travel? It's, it's mostly traveling when we could, so not for a long time. Right. But I also play football a lot. Now, do you play in, in local uh, so leagues? I play in some small leagues that are starting again. So I didn't play in, in right. a while, but uh, I play in the Paris Saint-Germain fan club. <laughs> oh, I didn't know in, that ex in, in five, Yeah, it exists. You also have other clubs here. And we play in a league where we play against other uh, fan clubs like Juventus, Arsenal and all. And we just play five aside. Do you, uh, in do you like league. wear a t-shirt with the name of the, of the we, group? I, I actually have a t-shirt with the logo of the fan club of Singapore. It's an official fan club. So we have a logo that is approved by PSG and we have some contact with the PSG in Singapore also as well. Uh, now, is there, I have to ask, is there an OM fan club in Singapore? It, there is. Uh. There, there is. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, they just joined for the first time the league. So now I'm going to play against them. So it's going to be... A, it's going to get heated. It's going to be, a, yeah, heated. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually playing tonight, not in the league but i play uh, friendly with some french people from PSG and from om so we're gonna play uh, tonight it's gonna be fun that's fun where yeah. do you generally play do you use uh, yeah, public stadiums so this one is not the public stadium because you don't have access to it unless wow. uh, you have a league and you have contacts in the singapore the sports community but we play in the kovan sports center okay. not too far from here tonight but usually i play in the swiss club on wednesdays with also laurent again we Great. always uh, go out and play since uh, 
a lot, a lot of years now. <laughs> That's wonderful. And so how old is your son? He's eight years old uh, this year, soon. Does he play football already as well? I try. He plays football a little. He is not uh, as passionate about it as he is about rugby. He plays rugby. Well, you know, IFS is a, a, mm. a rugby school, right? It is, it is. He, he loves it, so I also go and watch him and enjoys it also because I, I'm still enjoying sports in right. general and it's still a nice team sport so even though I never played so much I'm starting to understand it better through him and he likes it so as long as he likes it Wonderful, wonderful. And we're so lucky here in Singapore because of the weather. I mean, exactly. it's hot, it's hot, but it's, it's, but it's not cold. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm so happy you could come in and talk with me today. And I'm sure uh, our here. listeners will, have learned a lot from you. And hopefully people will connect with you and get to know you a little better. Is there anything else that we need to know that we haven't touched on yet? Uh, not to know, but I just want to say uh, good luck to everybody who is starting to uh, get uh, to the exam of the baccalaureate for this year. So I'm preparing a lot of IT needs for this. So I'm working a lot on this on this month and June. So yeah, I know uh, what's going on and I can see the kids before they enter the exam rooms. And it's not always easy. So good luck to them for this. Thank you very much. And thanks for that message. It was great talking to you, Benjamin. And uh, I look forward to talking again in the future. Yeah, thank you very much. And as you will see you later. This has been Parkour Ed. I'm Colin Daly with Benjamin Refrafi. Bye now. This has been Parkour Ed with Colin Daly. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you did, please consider sharing it with a friend. If you have any feedback for me, feel free to send me an email at c-d-a-i-l-e-y at i-f-s dot e-d-u dot s-g. I look forward to hearing from you.